Yeah, this one should be fun. Uh, there's a lot, like I said, like all those fucking weird conspiracy theories. Yeah. I remember writing a paper on certain things in like when I went to film school. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we had to do, it was one of my documentary, we had a documentary class and we had to watch a documentary and then write an essay on it. And then I just fucking went home and pulled out my fucking, uh, my shining DVD, put it in and then watched one of the making of things and then I mm. was like critiquing it from there. But Nice. Uh, yeah, should be, should be a fun one. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, so are we ready then? I'm ready. All right. Uh, then, uh, let's play it again, man. You must remember this. Coming to get you, Barbara. What an excellent day for an exorcism. They're here. Here's Johnny. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? All right, guys. We are here. Me and Jason are here. We are going to do Stanley Kubrick's 1980 The Shining. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. This movie is not only... One of my, or it is my favorite horror movie of all time, but it's actually one of my like favorite movies ever made, uh, personally. Um, but yeah, it was released on May twenty third, nineteen eighty. I didn't know this, but apparently it came out the same weekend as The Empire Strikes Back. So, oh. not good for its box office. Even though it didn't do too bad, it had a budget of nineteen million dollars and it uh, grossed. Forty-seven million dollars, which is not that bad, but not that great either. And it opened up mixed reviews. A lot of people either didn't get it, or thought it was too high concept, or just thought the performances were weird or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's kind of um, how that movie was received. But given that information, also we should make note that it's directed by Stanley Kubrick. Like I said, stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Scatman Crothers, and a couple other people. There's not that many people in this movie. No. Um, the well, it's about isolation, being stuck up in a hotel all by yourself with your family. So, not a whole big cast. But um, let's talk about where we were when we first saw this movie. I think I saw it. I think I saw it on AMC. Really? Yeah. Okay. I can, honestly, I that's the only thing that comes to mind. But yeah, let's just go with that. AMC. I saw it on AMC. How like how long ago? Mm, probably like early twenties, maybe. Really? Yeah. That long, huh? Yeah. That's interesting. I just feel like it's it's a movie that's um, it's on TV every year all yeah. the time. Yeah. Just I would and you being in a like an avid film lover, like you, you would have caught it sooner. Mm-hmm. Like the no. thing, like the thing when when. I you hadn't seen the thing that kind of makes sense because it's a little bit mm-hmm. um, of a like a sleeper for a lot of people. But this one, I would have thought you would have seen it already. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I honestly like. I wish I had like a pinpoint age, and but yeah, I. I mean, as long off, as you narrow off it the down, top of my head, yeah. I, what I, I what was 20s. what was like your initial reaction when you saw? It? Obviously, you're older. You have a. It's not really scary to you anymore because you're not a kid. Yeah, but it's still it was still really creepy and cerebral and like, just like, just played on my. You know, I was just trying to be like, man, like, this could happen to anybody. In that, a way, see, that's know? that's one of the yeah. things why this movie is so frightening to me. Yeah. Um, 
obviously it's a story about a family staying a winter in a hotel and the hotel is supposed to be haunted um and the dad played by jack nicholson starts to fucking lose it he's either hallucinating or actually seeing ghosts Mm -hmm. um and so when i was little this is a movie that i remember like i said being on tv all the time and then i remember like my sister renting it and then uh, like watching it with her seeing it with my dad and i always was like afraid of it and i kind of liked it too but Mm -hmm. i didn't really like give it that much of a like second thought I was just like, oh, it's a good movie. I watched it on Halloween. And it wasn't until, like, I got to high school, like I said the last time, when I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to find it. Th- I like this movie. Who directed this movie? I'm going to watch more of their movies. So once I hit Stanley Kubrick, I was like, oh, shit, I got to watch yeah. all his movies. And then when I got to high school, that's when I started watching this movie, like, religiously. Like, yeah. I would, like, not for Halloween or anything. I would just watch it over and over again. But I remember one time specifically when I was really young watching it. And like I said, the story has to do with ghosts, but it also might just be Jack fucking going crazy. And my uncle was like, oh, I can't remember how he brought it. He just liked to scare me all the time. My uncle was like 30 when I was like 10 years old. So Mm -hmm. he just liked to give me a hard time. But he was like, oh, that could really happen. And I was like, wait, (laughs) what? Like the ghosts? And he's like, no, 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 no. Like people, when they're isolated their mind can break and then they could just go crazy. Like me and you, like right now we're in this apartment and we're like not going anywhere mm-hmm. and I could just go crazy and I could end up wanting to kill you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I could just go crazy <laughs> like in the next like hour and just try in to, the next hour, and, and just like try to murder you. And yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, yeah. So that, that was one uh, little memory I remember from having, but yeah, when, once I got to high school, started watching it like religiously and then like really breaking down, um, the whole, the whole, um, I don't know, just, just everything, just starting to look underneath the surface. Oh, it's not just ghosts. And it's not just, right. it's not just this stuff, but, um, yeah, that's, um, kind of more or less where i was when i first saw it and when i first started really getting into it Hmm. so talking about the movie itself Mm -hmm. after seeing it and then we just talked i just you know you said you've seen the documentary uh room 237 watching the movie having seen it a couple times watching that documentary what are your like takes that you have about how what the movie's actual meaning is if it's supposed to be straightforward you're supposed to understand it or is there like more stuff underneath the surface mm, I, I i know i see all those uh potential theories like that could be like what it's about but i don't i don't really think that i think that's just there i think I think it's like speculation. Yeah, I think it's just there's just like you know the the sweater he wears, the Apollo yeah, Eleven, yeah, yeah. you know the the all the Indian um, imagery, you know tapestry and all that stuff, um, the Holocaust theory. I just I just think it's just a straight up movie about what what's I, the Holocaust theory. I'm not familiar with what. You yeah, saying, I, I I looked up online and um, they're saying about like uh, uh, what was it. The fucking, I forget. I just went over it and I just saw the, that it said uh, Holocaust theory was one of them. I wish I would have put more notes on that, but um, the there was one about 
the Greek myth was that in the in the movie? I can't remember. I didn't. I don't know that one either. But I read that on the on the same site, and it was about a uh, Greek myth about Theseus and Minotaur. And if you look on the scene when the kid uh, when Danny's in the kitchen, yeah, and there's a there's a a frame or a poster on the left uh-huh. by the door. And it's a skiing poster. It's yeah, a, it's a guy you skiing. Know, okay, yeah, yeah. I, but I, it looks I, like I, a minotaur. It looks like his legs. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've I've heard that yeah. before. I think. Yeah. But that's just shit. People are no, high they're, as fuck they're, they're seeing. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like know? my AIDS thing with with the thing. Yeah. Um. I think it's just a movie about isolation and this guy. You know, it's like Stephen King came up with it when he got. Uh, when he had a nightmare about the hotel he was staying at, yeah, and he, his and, son. and he and he also was um, dealing with like his alcoholism. Too. Yeah, so I think it's just that, like, I mean, a, like addiction. So, um, yeah. have you read Have you read that book? No. Okay, so <clears throat> we'll talk about the book a little bit to just give more context. Um, the Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick, is based off the book by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. The Shining, same title. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of similarities in that book, and there are a lot. Of differences, Stanley yeah. Kubrick. I mean, Stephen King is famously not a fan of Stanley Kubrick's movie. Um, no, yeah, yeah, I he, re- yeah, he, <laughs> he, he really didn't care for the movie all that. Especially much. Uh, Jack's portrayal. Yeah, was a big one. Yeah, he he wanted other people to play him. I think, um, uh, like, Mar- I think Martin Sheen or John Voight or something. Yeah, but the book in the book. Uh, there's a lot of time before they get to the hotel, and it's like giving you backstory as to like who these people are and what their personalities are like. Mm-hmm. So Wendy's a lot different. She's a lot more outspoken and a lot more, you know, just not how Shelley Duvall is in this movie. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I like about reading the book after seeing the movie so many times is, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of slow pushes in the movie to people thinking about things and everything like that and in the book there's a lot of the characters laying up at night and you're hearing their inner monologue and thinking about the stuff that they went through so Mm. jack is an alcoholic in the book he actually is got fired as a teacher because they mentioned he was teaching but he gets fired from being a teacher because some little shit kid slashed his tires and then he fucking like hit him Mm. and then also like he him and his buddy fucking kill some biker and then they they like put him on the side of the road and they drive off because they're like drunk so you get all these like inner monologues and like when when characters are silent in this movie like for me at least i like look back at it and i'm like oh shit right now they're thinking about so and so wendy's fucking mother-in-law or like jack's teaching job or whatever and Mm. he's just like all that stuff. So that's why, like, it makes more sense because Jack seems like really. I mean, in the interview, the beginning, mm-hmm. he seems like he's at an interview. He's got to be nice and cordial or whatever. Yeah. But like, when they're on driving up to the house, you know, Jack already seems like yeah. a really irritable person. Yep. And you get the sense that it's because he's giving up the booze. But just with that little bit of backstory from the book, it kind of just makes a little bit more sense. Is there anything else like so? For instance, like the ending where Jack's on the on the picture or anything, do you have your own like little theories about that at all? That the hotel is just like, um, hold on. Earlier when you were asking me what I think is about, are you saying? Are you asking if I think like it's just a straight up like like 
in his mind, or are there really ghosts there? Well, that 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 to, I think that too. Oh wait, so do you think there are ghosts there, or it's in his mind? Yeah, I think he, they're all seeing shit because she sees them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not likely that they have a shared uh, hallucination. Yeah, you know, um, they just start like re- revealing but, but, themselves. But too. even even more so, there's there's a lot of things that you can derive from like the scene. And then when we talk about the scenes a little bit more, our favorite scenes or whatever. Um, we can kind of go into it, but there's just this um, this movie paints a like a picture of itself, almost like a like a Where's Waldo book, mm-hmm. where like you're looking at a big picture of something, and you're like, oh, I'm looking for the points, which are the Waldos, but as you're doing it, you're finding little tiny pictures mm-hmm. that are interesting all on their own, you know. So there's a lot of stuff in this movie that. I think when we talk about the scenes more can be <clears throat> can be uh broken down a lot more so yeah i and if there is a theory that i would lean to out of all the ones in that in that film mm-hmm. in that documentary i would go with the you know the the genocide of the of the, of Indian, the native americans, native americans. Yeah. I, I don't remember if it's in that documentary but it's i've i've heard it several times in yeah. several different places that the ghosts aren't necessarily real, but um, it's like a like a standing story for like a replacement story for the fact that Jack is abusing Danny, mm. and you don't you don't see it. Oh, um, that's another one that I saw. In there, is yeah. is that in there? Yeah. yeah. So like, like yeah. there, like, uh, and every time something yeah. bad happens, like Danny blacks out and he doesn't know what's happening. Like they make reference to like the bear giving head to that dude. Yeah. Like that's supposed to be Danny and Jack, because and I think in Danny's room he has a bear like above his head, and also the explanation for Tony, you know, because a lot of kids when they're abused they yeah, come yeah. up with imaginary friends yeah, to yeah. cope. Yeah, see in the book, which like, because see, there's a lot of things I like about the book, but there's more things I like about this movie because in the book Tony is actually Dan- he's Danny when he's older, mm. um, but Danny always sees him from super far away and he's older, so he doesn't recognize himself, and you find that out later. Which, I mean, I don't know why Stephen King went that route. It's his own, like, his own decision to do that. But, like, to have just this weird, like, alter ego type in this movie, it makes it a lot more, like, kind of sinister and scary. Yeah. Because also the part where where he is, like, Tony tells him, oh, uh, Dad's about to call until he got the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, so, so, so... You okay? So you do feel like the ghosts are real? Right? I think there's something. There's something to the that. The place for is haunted sure. because, and then also because I mean, Scatman talks to Danny about mm-hmm. having the shining, and yeah. he, Danny can tell that he. Oh yeah, he himself, knew already. He himself is afraid of this place. Yeah, um, which is an amazing scene. Uh, Scatman Crothers' reaction Dude, to when so when he's like. Uh, what about room two three seven? Then he exactly. stops and he's like, "Oh, he's like you're scared of that, aren't you?" And he's like, oh, "I'm not." Like, dude, <laughs> he looks he looks terrified yeah. that this kid. And, and the and the cool thing about it is, like, he, for me in this, The Shining is like your superpower, mm-hmm. and some people are stronger than others. And there's a lot of probing. There's a lot of like, oh, I have the shining, so I can keep my guard up. But mm-hmm. like in that scene in general, Scatman sees like, oh, this kid's like 
got he's Strong, fucking yeah. bright white like yeah he can get past my like own barriers and stuff mm-hmm. but um yeah i think with that being said we could talk about the cast a little bit and then go into scenes because then we can break down like what yeah. we're really thinking about mm-hmm. the whole time so um first up we got to just talk about stanley kubrick a little bit the same way we talked about wes craven and john carpenter stanley kubrick is highly regarded as one of the best directors of all time not just by me but a lot of people in the film industry and cinema in general if you don't know who stanley kubrick is you've definitely seen his iconography on you know movie edits and television and i mean it, the list goes on and on and you he, definitely don't know movies if you say you do <laughs> you don't know who he is um he directed 2001 a space odyssey he directed dr strange love a clockwork orange eyes wide shut fucking full uh metal full jacket. metal jacket some of his lesser famous ones like Barry Lyndon and then uh, which he directed right before this movie. But he is a a master. He was a photographer before he became a director. And I think that's why his films, whether you like them or not, you're not going to forget the imagery that you oh, see in them. Like you're no. never going to forget a monkey throwing a bone up in the air and then turning into a satellite or blood coming out of a elevator door like mm-hmm. you're not going to forget those things um and they're just burned into your corneas and like uh he just has that that um that lasting effect on you and obviously he was known for being very brutal on set and doing especially with this movie doing like a bunch and bunch of bunch of i think these uh, the one scene particular in this movie holds the guinness world record for retakes of a certain shot um, which caused the actors to do incredibly insane things after a while. Uh, and Shelley Duvall has famously said that she was under so much stress, she got so sick and her hair was falling out and a mm-hmm. bunch of other fucked up stuff. But, but I read she was already battling a mental illness. Yeah, I think, I think so, so too. Like but on top Q- of Kubrick did not help at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's an amazing director. Uh, his films are fucking really weird usually pretty dark mm-hmm. uh highly sexualized mm-hmm. even if the content doesn't really call for it um just very interesting very open-ended you could always i mean the ending of this movie jack's in the picture and you're like what the fuck's the deal with that's from 1921 and then i mean nobody knows what the ending of 2001 a space odyssey is <laughs> like 70 years after it came out like it uh he's just an enigma all into his own and he's created some of the most like recognizable iconography in film history for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't I can't say enough good things about his filmmaking. Um, and then after that, obviously we got Jack. Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson plays Jack Torrance in this movie, and I think he does a fantastic job. Um, can I say real quick? I love when when actors have the are playing a, act, a character by the same by the name. same name. I think it would just make it so much. I mean. It's not that big of a deal, but maybe it is. Like just I don't know, being, I like that. yeah, just being able to because he does that with the and two of his like best roles. No, three of his best roles. Wait, no. Two of his best roles: this movie and fucking uh, the Joker. His name's Jack in that movie too. Oh shit! Yeah, but um, yeah, in this movie he's fucking fantastic. So Jack Nicholson is before he comes on board. I think. Um, he was Stanley Kubrick's first choice for the mm-hmm. role. Uh, if my memory serves, they also were talking to like Robert De Niro, which would have been crazy. Whoa. I think Robert De Niro in this role would have been pretty nuts because you look at him in something like uh, yeah. like Cape Fear. Oh fuck! Yeah. And 
he just he can play insane and he's got this really brooding even though he's not like a big guy mm-hmm. he's just got this kind of menacing vibe oh, yeah. about him no he could have done that another one that i thought would have been crazy too and they were looking at was robin williams robin williams um obviously at the time he was like barely coming off of mork and mindy and then doing some films here and there or whatever but if you ever seen movies like one hour photo or insomnia yeah. robin williams can be incredibly intimidating um and i think that would have been a fucking uh interesting choice to go with but jack nicholson signed on for this almost immediately um and this is in a time where what's strange to me is because we had this conversation about other horror movies horror movies usually have very small budgets they usually don't bring in big actors they definitely don't bring in big directors for stanley kubrick to want to do a fucking horror movie Mm -hmm. just seems like backtracking and then to get jack nicholson to sign on to this i mean obviously kubrick was already super duper famous so i could see why jack would want to work with him Mm -hmm. but just to get him to do a horror movie seems pretty pretty crazy it's the eyebrows (laughs) um what are your thoughts on on jack in this movie um I mean, he's just, like I said, the eyebrows, (laughs) just his smile, everything, like, he just really, like, screams, like, psycho, you know? Yeah. But I saw on the thing, on the online, like, commentary about um, Stephen King didn't like that Stanley Kubrick made him already crazy from the beginning. Yeah, I saw saw that as well. And he said that, you know, there was no real arc, so it doesn't make it as... As uh, uh, surprising that he be- becomes a murderer, you know, or you, trying to. You, you know? know what? I, uh, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been more. I mean, not. I, I, it's hard to disagree with the movie that I like so yeah. much, but I think that's kind of right. It would have been more, yeah, more horrifying maybe to have like a a father that really loved yeah. his son. And, and if you wife. see that, you see him hugging him, kissing his wife, yeah, you know, or like in the moment when he's like, when he's fighting the urge to want to kill them. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like, like fighting it. He's actually, you don't, I, I don't ever really see not, not at all. Him he's, fighting he's, that once, urge. Once he, okay. So, I think that, that like, that's a that's an incredible um you know that that plays on people's emotions for yeah. sure. Um they made a TV movie uh with Rebecca De Mornay and Steven Weber as Jack Torrance and that happens in there. I don't know if it's just the directing or whatever, but it wasn't that good of a movie or TV movie or whatever. Um but it the way Stanley Kubrick made the movie, it just it plays. I don't know, especially for the time and the era, like men kind of just still really like were beating their wives and like shit like that. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense, like fitting, um, fitting the time, and knowing that Jack is irritable because he doesn't drink or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of just seems fitting. And then also given just the casting, Jack Nicholson being in there, I, I don't.
don't know that I could see him being a loving father. Just I mean, as, you only really see that part yeah. where he's hugging him when he's on the bed. Yeah, and, and that like, and that part doesn't seem very it seems weird, man. Doesn't seem very friendly at all. That that's that's kind of where I got the uh, sexual abuse or abuse yeah, 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 yeah. vibe. Yeah, a little bit. No, definitely that comes off across. It, it comes across weird there. Um, but yeah, that's that's Jack Nicholson in this movie. I think he's fucking awesome in the movie. Yeah. But you're you're it's no it's no problem to him. It's that's how Kubrick wanted it to yeah. be, you know. Um, next up, we got uh, Shelley Duvall, who is Jesus. What to say about Shelley Duvall? She is so annoying in this movie. But <laughs> at 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 they're no, terrible parents. By no, the no, way. no, for sure, for sure. But at no capacity am I saying that. Shelley Duvall is bad in this movie. She's yeah. she's brilliant in this movie. Mm-hmm. You really feel like Jack's probably hit her before. Oh, for sure. Um you feel that she she is even before he's fucking goes absolutely nuts that she's afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Um and that her whole life has probably been surrounded by authoritative men that are just treat her like garbage mm-hmm. and it and it um it comes off fucking really real and i know we talked a little bit about how kubrick treated her on on set i think it plays through like he didn't really give her credit right he didn't give her credit and he would just give her shit yeah. all the time and they were all always arguing everything and because stanley kubrick is the director on the set not a lot of people were coming to her aid at yeah. all um, so she was just under like an immense amount of stress, fucking doing this, and then at the same time, it's just, it's 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 insane. But she's fucking brilliant in the movie. Um, she doesn't have that crazy of a career after that. I mean, the only other thing that I've seen in her in before this is like Annie Hall. She's in that for a few minutes, um, and then afterwards, she does a Popeye movie. She yeah, plays all. She plays say, olive oil. She and looks everything. just like her. I know she really it's does. Perfect. <laughs> And then, yeah, she doesn't really do much afterwards. Um, but this is a role that, you know, it required so much of her that I wouldn't be surprised if she was just like, you yeah. know what, I got maybe one or two more of these it's things in me. And I'm fucking, for no, sure. no, it is. Dude, to walk away you, from after that. Like. You, you, you really believe that she's like mm-hmm. afraid for her life in this movie. Yeah. Even in just like little conversations with Jack Nicholson. Like, and he's an intimidating person in general. <laughs> um, even if he was being nice to you, I'd be like, yeah. Are you gonna kill me, man? <laughs> you know. So, um, no, of course not. <laughs> but she's fucking great. Um, yeah. So that's Charlie Duvall. After her, we got. Um, I mean, Danny Lloyd. He, uh, I think he did one more movie after this, and then he stopped acting. Um, I don't know if you read, but wait, that's his na- real name too. Yeah, Danny. 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 And he's yeah, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know his. So his name's name. Danny Lloyd. Yeah, that's another one. Um, He's fucking fantastic in this movie. Yeah. And what's crazy to me, I don't know if you read about this, but he didn't know he was making a horror movie the whole time. Oh. Um, they told him he was making like a drama movie. So he, he uh, Kubrick was very protective of him and making sure like he didn't see anything or fucking get scared or anything. Oh, wow. He just thought he was making a drama movie. But dude, that little kid is fucking bonkers yeah. good in this yeah, movie. For real. Um, and the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing, <laughs> just it's like, oh shit, man, how'd you get how'd you get this? And, and like, 
there's a rule in Hollywood like, oh, never work with kids, never work with animals, you know? Um, and for Kubrick to get this performance out of this kid yeah. um, without him knowing that he's supposed to be extremely frightened of his father and a bunch of other stuff, it's just, it's um, it's insane what you can do when you, when you uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, I just remember, I mean, this is, this is part of the writing and the directing and everything, but just liking the kids so much because of the end of the movie where he's chasing them through the maze and then he does the little backtrack with the snow, oh, yeah. his prints in the yeah. snow. And just being like, man, this kid, this kid knows what he's doing, and blah mm-hmm. blah. And like, I, yeah, I just, um, but he's great. He's great in the scenes with Jack, like the one on the bed. It's it's really eerie. He's great talking to um, to Scatman in the in, oh, the, in yeah. the kitchen. I love that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's Danny Lloyd. And then next up, we have um, Scatman Crothers. Yeah. Who worked with Jack in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? He's one of the orderlies in in that movie, and Scatman Crothers in this movie is fucking really good too. He's um, only at the beginning, and then kind of in the middle, and then at the end he gets the chop. But like I said, the scenes that he's in, he comes off very friendly, and then once he gets left alone with Danny, he starts talking to him because he could tell he this boy shines, and they start having that conversation, and like we said earlier, when he's when Danny starts probing him and asking questions about it, you get these looks on Scatman Crothers face that are just like genuinely like frightened, yeah. and, and he's just really, really good in this role. Um, I love Scat uh, Scatman's uh, apartment. <laughs> yeah, with the it's with the sick. naked with the naked ladies. Yeah, yeah, um, just giant fro ladies. <laughs> it is pretty dope. And it's funny too. I remember always thinking like, "Oh, he's such a wholesome guy." But then when you go back, you gotta remember he's like a middle aged dude yeah. that's just like about bitches. <laughs> but I uh, mean, and he's like a he's a musician too. In the movie? No, in real life. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was a singer and uh, I did not know that a guitarist and a drummer. Oh shit! Yeah. I did not know I that. Have some of the, his songs here, I haven't listened to it, but it's probably fucking cool. Uh, song called "I'd Rather Be a Hummingbird," "Blue-Eyed Sally," and "Television Blues." Nice. Some of his like big hits. He was also um, he played Scat Cat in Aristocats. Oh, did he really? <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, dang. I'll check out. Do you know if he was a musician before? Yeah, it was before. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he got into acting. It's kind of like a Tom Waits type thing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I did not know that about him. That's cool. Um, but yeah. Uh, next, I think the last really important uh, character in this is uh, Philip Stone, who plays Dilbert Grady, who, Jesus Christ, creeps me the fuck out. I thought you were going to say the bartender. Well, him too. But he's only in one scene, whereas, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Grady's kind of only in one scene too, mm-hmm. but the transition that Jack oh, yeah. goes that, through that that, that happens with with yeah. Dilbert um he is in a clockwork orange he plays Alex's dad mm-hmm. um which he's just like an everyman uh everyman english dude yeah um and he's and he's cool in that movie in this movie he scares the shit out of me his his um the conversation that him and Jack have in that bathroom like how he goes from being the ghost of who he was to when Jack tells him who yeah. he is or yeah. what he became. 
like it's it's really frightening yeah um but he's 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 really good in this too um and then the only other couple people like we said lloyd the bartender played by joel uh turkel uh I know he's in a bunch of other stuff, but most famously in my mind, um, he plays uh, the guy that runs Tyrell Corporation in Blade Runner. Okay. Um, and he looks super creepy in that movie, too. He's really creepy in pretty much everything that he does. But uh, he, he's great in this movie. He's absolutely, like, he looks dead already Yeah. He, and when Jack's talking to him. And um, sometimes I, I can't not laugh at that, that scene because I think of The Simpsons shining... Um, parody mm-hmm. oh, or like like know. yeah like it's 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 homer and he and he goes <laughs> and, and he he's not drinking obviously and then mo shows up and he's like mo give me a beer he's like no homer not till you kill your family he's like <laughs> he's like why should i kill my family he's like because they'd be happier as goes like you don't seem that happy he's like yeah i am <laughs> see go kill your family and i'll give you a beer but yeah <laughs> um but yeah uh he's 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 great in this he's only in that one scene um but super menacing yeah when when ghosts so i have this thing that i think about when i was younger and i was way more like thought like paranormal stuff was like happening all the time and like scary or whatever when i always think like in movies because it happens in a few um when you talk to ghosts when they show up that's fine but when you take something from them, that's when you kind of like bring them mm. from their whatever plane in to like where you are. Yeah. And they could start interacting with you. So like once Jack takes a drink from him, that's when things start really escalating afterwards. And it's just it's yeah. a um that's a that's a cool scene and he's really good in it. Um honorable mention here, Barry Nelson, who plays Ullman. Um he has one of my like I think about this conversation like constantly um throughout the year just because I think it's like really cool. It has that conversation where he's interviewing Jack and he tells him about the history of the Overlook. But that's pretty much the cast. Um everybody else is pretty minute, the twins and everybody else that shows up in the movie, the background actors yeah. when they're when they're on closing day. So that's the cast of The Shining. So now we get into the nitty gritty parts of it. And we could talk about our favorite scenes, um, our played again man scenes, stuff that I would pull up on YouTube and watch like over and over again. What did you have like right out the door? Uh, just from the moment that um, that Wendy sees uh, the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like from there on, like it's just, it's just the whole movie is uh, like yeah, it's the whole, the whole it's end, on. the chase is on. You know, yeah, and, yeah. like. Um, other scenes probably, I don't know, the, the, the movie isn't like really like, I wouldn't really go back and watch a certain scene like that for like, it's more like sequences, you know, it's yeah, like yeah, more yeah. like, like, oh, this chunk, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. It it spreads over. Yeah. Um, a lot. And there's like certain parts of it, like the, that are not necessarily like, worth watching over and over again but they're really memorable like something that sticks in my head is yeah. fucking um uh, the the tricycle going over the carpets oh, and yeah. over the hardwood floors and oh, that yeah. sound just like like yeah. over and over again it's just really eerie and then this movie also little um 
like uh, behind the scenes thing is one of the first movies to use a steady cam. Oh yeah. So I saw like that. so um I think the guy's name's Brett Garrett that that created it. Um they were using it in here and it gave it a real like oh the hotel is watching mm. everybody and it and it moves really smoothly. Yeah. Um but so I had uh I have a few that I wrote down just because of the significance of them and like the like how how fun it is because even going into the theater I think when the movie came out um, you kind of know what it's about mm-hmm. um, so the first one that I had was uh, the interview oh, um, so Jack is in Ullman's office and he's they're talking about what his job details and everything and everything seems to go good and then jack pretty much gets hired and then ullman and the guy that's uh that's with him in the interview and jack's there they kind of get a little quiet and then he asks him like oh did did they tell you in denver like the history of like the overlook or whatever i don't suppose they uh told you anything in denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970 I don't believe they did. Well, uh, my predecessor in this job hired a man named Charles Grady as the winter caretaker. And he came up here with his wife and two little girls, I think about eight and ten. And he had a good employment record, good references. And from what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown he ran amok and uh, <laughs> killed his family with an axe stacked them neatly in one of the rooms of the west wing and uh, then he uh, he put uh, both barrels of a shotgun in his mouth police uh, they thought that it was what the old timers used to call cabin fever kind of claustrophobic reaction which can occur when people are shut in together over long periods of time. Well, that is uh, quite a story. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, it's still hard for me to believe it actually happened here. But it did. And uh, I think you can appreciate why I wanted to tell you about it. I certainly can, and uh, I also understand why your people in Denver left it for you to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, some people can be put off by the idea of staying alone in a place where something like that actually happened. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. And he says no, and then he goes into the whole spiel about Dilbert Grady... That he goes crazy, mm-hmm. and then he fucking murdered his family, and then he blew his brains out. Yeah. And then Jack's reaction is just like, oh, you know, like, that's pretty crazy, but if I tell my wife... And I, it makes me wonder, do you think he told no. Wendy, but you don't think he told her? No. Yeah. Because um, he's like, oh, she's a confirmed, like, horror movie addict or whatever, so she's going to be thrilled when she hears it or whatever. And then he's like, rest assured, that's not going to happen with me. And then it just cuts and it's closing day and he goes. But it's literally exactly what happens to him. But, um, yeah, I just really like that scene. There's a lot of stuff like that documentary, Room 237, there's so many things. They're like, oh, look at this sexual innuendo here. Like when he shakes Jack's hand, there's like a 
paper tray there and it's supposed to like be in the place of his penis or whatever like people dig into this movie so much and there's some stuff that i'm like oh that's interesting and then some of it's just like way way over the top but um i i really enjoy that scene just because i don't think it's as enjoyable the first time you see it um Mm -hmm. but knowing every time i watch it like oh that's not gonna happen to me and that's exactly what's gonna happen to him yeah um that one's really fun uh, and then the closing day bit, like I said, the not that whole thing, not them walking through the hotel, mm-hmm. even though there's interesting things there that people point out that like the impossible window and like the doors that don't lead anywhere and yeah. everything that people talk about in the documentaries. But um, that scene with Scatman Crothers and Danny Lloyd in the kitchen, um, they're sitting there and Danny is really apprehensive to to um to talk about having the shining because mm-hmm. i'm assuming this is the first person that he's ever met that knows it because i because for me in my head jack has the shining too but i think they talk about it in dr sleep or one of or the shining he's had it his whole life but it it irritates him so he drinks to suppress oh. suppress the the shining or whatever so Jack doesn't necessarily know that he he's in touch with like mm-hmm. uh, like other shit or whatever, but um, that scene is just really really good because you get this you get this conversation between Scatman Crothers and Danny Lloyd where Danny's kind of probing him because he just saw the twins and he knows that they're not real. Dralon, are you scared of this place? No, scared nothing here. It's just that, you know, some places are like people. Some shine and some don't. I guess you could say the Overlook Hotel here has something about it that's like shining. Is there something bad here? Well... You know, Doc, when something happens, it can leave a trace of itself behind. Say, like, if someone burns toast. Well, maybe things that happen leave other kind of traces behind. Not things that anyone can notice, but things that people who shine can see. Just like they can see things that haven't happened yet. Well, sometimes they can see things that happened a long time ago. I think a lot of things happened right here in this particular hotel over the years. And not all of them was good. What about room 237? Room 237. You're scared of room 237, ain't you? No, I ain't. Mr. Allen, what is in room 237? Nothing. There ain't nothing in room 237. But you ain't got no business going in there anyway. So stay out. You understand? Stay out. 
you get that terror on Scatman Crowley's face, and it's just, it's um, it's very telling to the audience that this little boy is gonna get left here. First of all, you already know that Grady went crazy, yeah, and then to see Scatman Crowley's reaction to that. You know that this little boy is going to be left here over the winter with his dad, who's already an asshole. Mm-hmm. And like he tells him, like, oh, if anything goes wrong, just fucking. Actually, I don't even know if he tells him that. I think that just might be in the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Willie tells Bart that, but um, yeah, he 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 just gets the idea that things aren't what they seem here. And he tries to calm them down, tries to tell them, like, oh, it's just like fucking when somebody burns toast, it's left behind, but it can't hurt you, so yeah. don't worry about it. So that scene, to me, is is really good. Um, another, I mean, like we said, these are kind of sequences. They're kind of, like, all small. Another one is um, when uh, Wendy goes down to check on Jack to see how he's been riding or whatever, and oh, he kind yeah. of, like, blows up on oh, her. Oh, yeah. Get a lot written today? Yes. Hey, weather forecast said it's going to snow tonight. What do you want me to do about it? Oh, come on, hon. Don't be so grouchy. I'm not being grouchy. I just want to finish my work. Okay, I understand. I'll come back later on with a couple of sandwiches for you, and maybe you'll let me read something then. Wendy, let me explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me, and it will then take me time to get back to where I was. Understand? Yeah. We're going to make a new rule. Whenever I'm in here, you hear me typing. Whether you don't hear me typing, what the fuck you hear me doing in here, when I'm in here, that means that I am working. That means don't come in. How do you think you can handle that? Yeah. Fine. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here? And he's like, every time you come down here, you're distracting me and, like, all that stuff. And then you start to see, like, she's trying to make light of it a little bit. But once he goes a little too mm-hmm. high, she's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. And you see it in her face and she's just like, okay. Because he's like, tells her, like, fuck off and, like, all this shit. Stuff that he might not have said to her in the past or whatever. And just that that interaction because Wendy starts to see that this place is taking a hold of them it's either this plate well, i don't you know what i think for her it's more of the non-drinking thing yeah because um i i don't think she shines no at all not until uh she sees the yeah and i don't even think that that's her shining i think like the like the all the bad energy that's in the house or in the hotel from jack going crazy and trying to kill mm-hmm. him like it's like just manifesting for anybody to see it's but, like getting stronger you know yeah but also like I was thinking too, cause uh, you know, like in other paranormal movies, they I forget which one it is. Maybe it's The Conjuring, where they break down the the levels of of possession, and the first one is is hearing things, mm. and that weakens your state of mind. Yeah, yeah. So then that allows whatever spirit or entity to enter 
you know, yeah, the yeah, vessel, yeah. which is you. And by the time she sees those ghosts, she's so distraught and yeah, yeah, and oh scared yeah, 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 that her mental is so weak because that's like ap- and then that's sees after them. after he's breaking into the bathroom. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, she's gone. Then already. she sees them. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's in, that's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that scenes. It, you start getting chills seeing Jack blow up on mm-hmm. her just for like coming down and checking on her husband. Like, yeah, it's, it's... and the breakfast in bed too. Wait. Which part? Remember when she comes to him with, with breakfast? Oh, and he's been asleep the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just seems so irritable yeah. the whole time. <laughs> um, then after that, uh, I put, I put the the bar scene. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The that bar great. scene's great because he's there and he's really fucking jonesing, and then Lloyd shows up, and then this is where, as the audience, you're like, okay, Jack's slipping because. Mm-hmm. He's going fucking crazy. Like I said earlier, he's talking to Lloyd. Lloyd gives him a drink, and he takes it. For, and there, and it's this, for you know, it's he hasn't drinking in a long time, but there's this otherworldly look that comes over his face, and I I feel it's the same thing that happens to Grady when he tells him who he is and what he became. He takes a drink of it, and there's this look on Jack's face, like he swallowed something, and it's like coursing through his like veins and turning him into something. That he wasn't before. Mm-hmm. That bitch. As long as I live, she'll never let me forget what happened. I did hurt him once, okay? It was an accident. Completely unintentional. Could have happened to anybody. And it was three goddamn years ago. The little fucker had thrown all my papers all over the floor. All I tried to do was pull them up. The momentary loss of muscular coordination. You extra foot pounds of energy per second, per second. um and it's it's pretty crazy and then immediately after that you get wendy screaming and then he she tells him like oh there's a woman in the hotel there's somebody else in here Mm -hmm. and then jack's got to go up to room 2377 and then that's where he sees the fucking the lady in the shower um which I remember watching that scene as a little kid when I shouldn't have because <laughs> there's a naked lady in it. And just, dude, it gave me nightmares because yeah. I was like a little kid. I was probably like 10 or something because before I watched like TV edits. So I'm like 10 or 9 years old and I see a naked lady and I'm like, ooh, yeah. tight. And then yeah. like right after that, she turns into that fucking old oh, lady God. with like rod, still gets rod on her back. Yeah. So like you got like your little 
fucking 10 year old body tingling and then immediately that yeah. happens and you're just like oh fuck yeah. like it just gives you bad feelings about about feeling like that Bro. just just mortified and then i just remember and then the cackle too yeah <laughs> and it just and it continues on as after he leaves um after he leaves the room and it's just it's scared and then and then it's it's very um strange to me how when he shows up to the room to tell Wendy that there was nothing there, mm-hmm. um, he, like, the transition, like, what happened to him from leaving that room, being fucking terrified, seeing what he just saw, to pretending that he's a normal person and fucking, like, being like, oh, nothing was there. Like, I didn't see anything or yeah. whatever. It's it's really, really strange. Why he chose not to tell her that? Yeah. Um but yeah, there, there's that part. Also, we talked a little bit about um, the conversation on the bed uh, between Jack and Danny. I really like that conversation because, like I said, Jack and Danny both have the shine to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I think Danny knows that Jack has it, but doesn't, because Holleran makes a, a motion to, he's like, oh, some people don't know they have it or don't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jack's one of those type of people. Um, and so Danny's already worried about his dad. And he goes and he sits on the bed with him because Jack calls him over. And Danny's probing him again. Yeah. Like, he's he's like, do you feel okay? And yeah. He's like, yeah, I feel great. And he's like, do you like it here? And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, don't you? I love it here. I want to stay here forever and ever. And then that's what those little girls told him. So he's like, they're like testing each other. Like, yeah. oh, like 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 two different like spies with the secret. And they're trying to fucking get information out of each other. Danny's, Danny's trying to make sure his dad's not going crazy. And Jack's trying to make sure like he's not going to try to fuck up what they got going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a really, really intense scene. And for a little kid, a little boy to go up against Jack Nicholson, yeah, the, like a, an actor on the bed and have that conversation. Like, dude, yeah, I was afraid of like my mom's friends when I was a little kid to be sitting there on a bed with Jack Nicholson. And he's looking at you like that and talking to you like that. I would be fucking yeah. terrified. And it and and like the little Daniel, he he, he he holds his own yeah. for for sure. And, and most kids in horror movies, I just think they're so corny. Yeah, you know. And still, maybe, maybe it's because he didn't know he, he didn't was in know. a horror movie. Yeah, because yeah. he's so fucking good, man. I was watching him, and I was just like, holy shit, this is like like a grown man. Yeah, in this little boy's body. Acting, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it's it's uh, yeah. I think that scene is is um. It says a lot about the two characters and. You, it's it's where like Danny's suspicions are starting to get a little bit of like confirmed that his dad's his dad's fucking losing it, and he's and he's confused too. Why, and when he asks him, he's like, "Why why aren't you sleeping?" Yeah, and he's like, "I'm so tired." He's like, "So they don't go to sleep." Why don't you sleep? He's like, "There's just too much to do." Yeah, like, I got too many things to do. Yeah, and then he, he's probably like, "What? Like, there's yeah. <laughs> that's not much. <laughs> things are done. Uh, yeah. Mom's been taking care of the whole fucking place and everything." Yeah. Um, after that, I wrote down the bathroom scene. So Jack shows up to the golden Mm -hmm. ballroom and it's fucking full of ghosts and he's about to go to the bar and he's walking and then Dilbert Grady bumps into him and he's like, Oh shit, I'm sorry, sir. We could get you cleaned up on the fucking, in the bathroom. 
So they go in the bathroom. Jack is being like how Jack is in other movies and everything. He's like happy and light <laughs> on his feet. He's enjoying himself and he's calling Grady Jeevesy and all, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> What's your name there, Jeevesy? And like all that stuff. It's just so cla- like classic Jack. Yeah. And uh, once Grady tells him his name, he's like snaps out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mr. Grady. Weren't you once the caretaker here? Why, no, sir. I don't believe so. You a married man, are you, Mr. Grady? Yes, sir. Hmm? I have a wife and uh, two daughters, sir. Hmm? And uh, where are they now? Oh, they're somewhere around. I'm not quite sure at the moment, sir. Mr. Grady, you were the caretaker here. I recognize you. I saw your picture in the newspapers. You, uh, chopped your wife and daughter up into little bits. And, uh, then you blew your brains out. I don't have any recollection of that at all. Mr. Grady, you were the caretaker here. I'm sorry to differ with you, sir. But you... You've always been the caretaker. I should know, sir. I've always been here. And then he's like, Mr. Grady, uh, weren't you the caretaker here? He's like, nah, like, you're the caretaker here. Like, you've always been the caretaker here or whatever. And then he's like, Nah, dude, you were the caretaker mm-hmm. here, and uh, you killed your family, yeah. and you fucking blew your brains out. And then in that moment, the whole scene is shot wide, mm-hmm. so you don't see you see Dilbert looking at him, and you see Jack's back, and then Dilbert gives him the line like, "I'm sorry to differ with you, sir, mm-hmm. but you're the caretaker here." You've always been the caretaker here. Yeah. And then it switches, and then that's when you first get... You see Jack's face, and he looks like he's having a fucking mm. meltdown. And then Dilbert starts talking to him about his son. Your son has a very great talent. I don't think you are aware how great it is. But he is attempting to use that very talent against your will. Indeed he is, Mr. Torrance. A very willful boy. A rather naughty boy, if I may be so bold, sir. 
his mother. She uh, interferes. Perhaps they need a good talking to, if you don't mind my saying so. Perhaps a bit more. My girls, sir, uh, they didn't care for the overlook at first. One of them actually stole a pack of matches and tried to burn it down. But I corrected them, sir. And when my wife tried to prevent me from doing my duty, I corrected her. And yeah. he's like, oh, your son's really talented and he's using his talent to bring somebody here. Yeah. Um, and he's like, once you get that, then Jack's like, oh, he's bringing somebody here. He's bringing somebody else in this situation to try to get us out of here because mm-hmm. Jack's in love with this place already mm-hmm. by this point. Jack, That's when Jack turns and he's like, no, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm going to fucking do something about this. I'm going to make sure we can't do anything. Can't but leave. but the, that long conversation of Dilbert being so light and lighthearted and everything and then once Jack gives him a glimpse of what it who he was who he was yeah. and what he became and everything there's like this blackening of the eyes you don't see it but like just this thing turns on and oh, like yeah. it becomes he, real sinister yeah like super sinister and his and his demeanor and everything is just really really scary mm-hmm. it's 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 i it's one of my i think that's like my favorite scene in the whole movie it's it's really good and then after that, that's when you have Wendy snooping around, and she's looking for Jack. She doesn't find him, and then uh, she goes up to um, she goes up to his like manifest manifest with all the papers and everything, and she starts rifling through them, and then mm-hmm. every single page just has all work, no play, makes Jack a dull boy, and she's just looking at it and looking through them. There's so many pages, mm-hmm. and it's written in so many different fucking ways. Right. Yeah. And she's realizing, like, he's. I know he's been acting crazy recently, but for him to have written yeah, this all is, this, this has been going on yeah. for a long, long time. And I've been sleeping next to and, like, having my kid be around this fucking crazy guy. And then you get that nice little roll from behind the pillar, and you see Wendy, and then you hear Jack's voice. And she's fucking. Dude belts out a scream, turns yeah. around, and then. He's just he's ta- he's taunting her. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, like when do you maybe do you think he needs to be taken to a doctor? And yeah. they fucking they're they're going around the room. She's got a bat. She's like kind of backing into things, and then he's just giving he gives her that whole fucking spiel. Like, and are you concerned about me? <laughs> of course I am. Of course you are. <laughs> you ever thought about my responsibilities? <laughs> What are you talking about? Have you ever had a single moment's thought about my responsibilities? Have you ever thought for a single solitary moment about my responsibilities to my employers? Has it ever occurred to you that I have agreed to look after the Overlook Hotel until May the 1st? Does it matter to you at all that the owners have placed their complete confidence and trust in me and that I have signed a letter of agreement, a contract, in which I have accepted that responsibility? You have the slightest idea what a moral and ethical principle is, do you? Has it ever occurred to you what would happen to my future 
If I were to fail to live up to my responsibilities, has that ever occurred to you? Has it? Stay away from me. Why? I just want to go back to my room. Why? You've had your whole fucking life to think things over. What good's a few minutes more gonna do you now? Stay away from me. Please. Don't hurt me. I'm not gonna hurt you. Stay away from me. Wendy. Stay away. Darling, light of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash him right the fuck in. <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what's a few more seconds gonna do you now? <laughs> he starts fucking like jeering at her yep. on the fucking uh, like on the um, <clears throat> on the staircase, and then she's dude, she's swinging for him already, like yeah. totally, like doesn't want him to get near her. She hits his hand, and, and then she's boom, boom bonks him on yeah. the head, and he rolls down the stairs, and then she's got to fucking lock him in the fucking freezer. It was funny that part. My my nephew was watching it with me, mm-hmm. and he's a baseball player, right? And he's like, "What? What are those swings? That, that <laughs> those suck. Those aren't gonna do anything." And I was like, "Dude, she's terrified, and she probably doesn't know how to swing a bat. Yeah, you know? she's dude. just trying to like do anything to get him away." He goes, "Those suck," and I was like, "Oh, just wait." You know, I was like, "Just wait," and then and then sure enough. Boom! She, th- you know, hits him with a big swing to the head, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, okay, oh. that's pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> so he had never seen it before. No. Oh, nice. That's cool. It's always nice showing showing the youngsters movies. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, that that scene's fucking terrifying, and it's really good. Uh, and then the ne- and then pretty much after that, the next like the end of the movie. Here's Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um. She's trying to get uh, Danny out of the window. She's stuck in the bathroom. Fucking, there, there's some great stuff you guys could look it up on YouTube. Or I've seen it on TikTok, on Instagram of Jack warming up for that scene. Oh yeah, and he's just awesome. like going crazy. Um, you guys could find that on the internet. It's it's, it's really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that that scene. I remember being like I said, I had seen the movie a few times, and I remember being young and looking at Shelly Duvall in that bathroom and just being like oh she's like this isn't that scary mm-hmm. like because there wasn't a monster in it there wasn't anything like that but when you think like Jesus Christ as as I got older and then as after my fucking uncle scared the shit out of me and made me think he was gonna murder me like sitting there just like somebody that you are not capable of fucking overpowering or anything it's just they're inches away from just fucking hacking you to mm-hmm. like to death and that seems super fucking terrifying and the fact that it's jack nicholson just makes it even more terrifying yeah. and you get the fucking great here's johnny line which is famous from um the tonight show with johnny carson um i don't know how many times they did that scene but because they had to do them over and over again, like the yeah. actors just start fucking, they throw out their lines, they throw out their actions, and they just start doing weird fucking shit. And Jack Nicholson just improvised that. Here's Johnny. There's, there's a great one before that though. Before he breaks, he breaks in through the first door. Yeah. And he's like, Wendy, 
I'm home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude, that, part. that that part's fucking great. There's also a sick shot of him through the door where the wood's not completely broken through. Yeah, yeah. And, it sh- and it shows him. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like a fragmented. Yeah, kind of thing. it comes down and it almost hits the camera. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 great. And I've I've actually seen um, a side by side comparison. There's some old like like silent film movie mm-hmm. where some dude's doing the same thing like chopping down a door and there's like a chick inside i don't know what movie it's from mm. but i just thought i was like oh shit that's that's really interesting um but yeah the whole rest of the movie is fucking terrifying once once jack goes off the rails once he gets out of the the ghost and see that's an that's another thing so the question of whether the ghosts are actually there or they're all hallucination or whatever um the only reason why I would say that argument is mute, mute like uh, the fact that it's just hallucination, is because they actually interact with the door to let him out yeah. of um out of the out of the freezer. Yeah. Oh, and then just I I I have to mention um the just the performance of Jack Nicholson and the line readings that he gives in this movie when he's talking through the door to Wendy. And then, like, the sheer, like, vicious, just animalistic fucking evilness in his voice when, oh, yeah. when, when she's like, go, he's like, go check out the radio and the fucking thing. Like, go check it out. Oh, yeah. Go check it out. And he's like, you got a surprise coming to you. Like, dude, oh, that, dude. and she's just so mortified already. Like, so tired. Like, from what she's been going through, she just fucking beat her husband and locked him in a fucking closet. And then she thinks, okay, I got him in there. He's got food. We're gonna get the fuck out of here. And then just that, just it's it's over. You're stuck here with him. Yeah. Um. And I'm sure she thought she would have been okay for a while having him locked up in there, but the ghosts let him out. So, um. And then yeah. So once he goes crazy, once he starts trying to kill her, then all fucking hell breaks loose. She sees the blood coming out of the elevator. Mm -hmm. She sees the fucking good party, isn't it, guy? And Mm -hmm. fucking. Um, she sees the fucking bear going down on, mm-hmm. on the guy in the bed and then all the skeletons in the lobby and everything. It's, um, it's just a fucking shit show after that. And then, you know, Jack is roaming around. Scatman Crothers shows up. He hears him. That's what gets him to leave her alone in the bathroom. And then he goes and he kills Scatman Fuck Crothers, which that part is fucking so crazy because... <laughs> He walks in and he's just, "Hello, yeah, anybody here? Hello, <laughs> anybody here?" Like over and over again, and then you just hear, oh. and then fucking kills him. And then after that, he hears Danny scream because Danny sees all that happening yeah. in his mind. And then he goes and he chases Danny into the hedge maze. Yeah. Um, fun fact about that: I uh, they filmed that in studio, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, all that snow is actually salt, and it started. To, it, it would corrode everybody's shoes. Oh. So everybody's shoes were like falling apart filming those scenes. That I I read that the the maze isn't in the novel, or in the, in the book. It's not in the book. No, there are giant um, giant like hedge animals, and they like come to life. Like Danny's playing on a on a. Um, like a playset, like park type thing, mm-hmm. and like every time he like looks away 
and then looks back, there's like a lion, and then it just keeps getting closer to him. The, the book's super fucking creepy. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, that was the first Stephen King book that I've ever read. And when I read it, I was like, oh, this is why he's fucking yeah. super famous. Because, like, dude, the book's really fucking gnarly. It, 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 it makes you feel not well. But, um, yeah, those are, I think those are, like, all the the best scenes to watch over and over again. Is there anything else, like, in your research that you found yeah. interesting about the movie? The Stanley Hotel, which is the hotel that, that they're in. Yeah. Um, that they, since the movie, they built a real maze. Oh, really? Yeah, a hedge maze on the property. Oh, wow. Yeah, in honor of the film. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Oh, uh, something cool that I that I saw that that blood that like because you know there's all different consistencies and textures to blood Mm -hmm. that one in particular is called kensington gore kensington gore yeah that like kind of like dark almost looks like purple yeah the way it looks yeah like out of the the stuff that comes out out of the the elevator out of the elevator yeah dang that's interesting yeah it it was kensington it was uh i forgot the guy's name I, i forgot to write it down but it was a particular guy who came up with it and then they just that's what they call it that's interesting yeah I think that that shade of blood is kind of like the most convincing. Yeah. I mean, obviously when blood is like diluted, it's a lot more reddish and not mm-hmm. so dark, but it's um yeah, there's a Did you already say how that that scene is a miniature? The blood scene? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Really? That's how they filmed that. Because I was like, how did they... Get that like, much blood? Yeah. And, yeah. and then they clean up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, no, it was, it's, it was a miniature. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know that. That's yeah. fucking... That's pretty interesting. Um, also, one thing that I thought was pretty crazy is uh, all the scenes in the in the big room where Jack um, writes with mm-hmm. all the big light... Uh, the big windows. Like, the scenes that are shot during the day, that's actually all floodlights. And they, like, color-corrected it to make oh, okay. it look like, like it's it's daytime, which I thought was, like, super-duper interesting. A lot of fucking camera, camera tricks in this movie. But, yeah, uh, talk a li- to talk a little bit more about correlations I make between the book and the, um, and the movie. Mm-hmm. For instance, like, the, the bear and that dude getting blown. So, in the book... When Jack goes to, uh, I, I can't remember if it's when he goes to the ballroom and there's all those people there or if he's reading about it. There's this dude that that used to um, be like the, the runner of the, the hotel. Like uh, he ran the hotel for a long ass time. And back in the day, they used to have these big, crazy, lavish parties or whatever. And then he had this like little henchman dude that I'm pretty sure he was banging yeah. And he would like taunt him in the parties, and uh, he would he made him put on like a fucking dog mask, and then at the parties he make him like bark yeah. like like the bark heck? for everybody and like jump and do a spin and everything, and then they'd go up to the hotel and like bang each other or something. What the fuck? Um, but I I always thought like oh that's a correlation to the book or whatever. And as far as um like the ending like parts that we kind of just don't get like the whole picture with jack in it and everything yeah i always felt that because of the conversation that he has with grady uh-huh. um that jack the that dude that i'm talking about from the book 
um maybe he he was the caretaker before he became like the like the operator of the whole hotel mm-hmm. and maybe he like i don't know looked like jack completely or whatever and then it's just kind of like a cycle so like that guy owned it and then maybe he went crazy and then fucking dilbert grady went crazy killed somebody and then now jack's there Mm -hmm. and then also another thing is like oh the reason why jack's in that picture is maybe he fucking like the house just claims that's what i think souls pretty much like all Mm -hmm. the people that die there they just get claimed there and they get put into the the pictures and everything in in the in the um in the whole that's what i was thinking the Stanley Hotel, the real hotel, you uh-huh. can stay there, right? And they say it's haunted. Really? Yeah. And there's three rooms that you can stay in that are, quote, unquote, their spirited rooms. Really? 401, 407, and 428. Really? Yeah. Is that in Colorado? Yeah. So I think we should go there. Are you down? <laughs> Dude, that's... I, I, I know Melissa's not down, so... Just boys trip? We should go. Boys trip? <laughs> she would not do that shit. So I'm down. <sighs> Kind of. <laughs> Dude, no. I'm like... Because uh, I'm not... I'm I'm not a huge believer in like paranormal stuff. But yeah. I don't know. That that seems kind of gnarly. And, and, you know, they said they have the room that Stephen King stayed in. That you, oh, really? That, that he had the nightmare in yeah, or whatever? stay in. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Oh, you know what? We got honorable mention, I have to say. The, um, fuck, I don't even know his name because I didn't look it up. The, when when Scatman Crothers goes to buy his snow cat, oh yeah, it's fucking uh, the homeboy from, uh, from Rocky from from Rocky, yeah, yeah. dude, I was, yeah, throwing the damn town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. I saw this thing um, that they do. I can't remember where they do it, but they they play the the movie from beginning to end, and then they play the movie backwards, and they overlap it with each other. And a lot of people say there's like weird coincidences that happen in certain scenes but I, I i honestly think it's just yeah just horseshit but um yeah so that's that's um basically the whole movie so now we have to talk a little bit about um the sequel which is stephen king wrote the book dr sleep mm-hmm. um and they recently made a movie about it that was actually pretty good um I see it yeah it's it's uh it's definitely worth a watch i like it um Mike Flanagan, the guy that did um, Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Blind Manor, and he's got a new show called Something or Other on Netflix. He directed it, and it's actually pretty cool. I was I was interested to see because at the 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 book and the movie end completely differently. In the movie, the hotel freezes. In the book, the hotel explodes and burns burns to the ground. Mm-hmm. So Stephen King wrote the book Doctor Sleep. Um, that is a direct sequel to his book. So in that reality, the hotel's gone. It's not there. Oh. Um, when the movie was coming out, uh, Doctor Sleep, there were preview. There, like in the previews, you see Ewan McGregor who plays Danny Lloyd as or Danny um, Torrance as as an older man. Mm-hmm. Um, you see him go back to the hotel. So I was like, that's interesting because. In Stephen King's novel, the hotel, there's no there's no way that it's there. So how they changed it from mm. the book to the movie um, must be kind of drastic in ways. Um, but I watched it, and the, and the finale kind of takes place in... in uh, basically, the ending of the book in The Shining happens at the end of this movie. Oh, okay. Basically. But it's an interesting movie. 
but yeah. Um, so there, that is the sequel that they made to the book and the movie. If you had to, would you want to see a prequel or a sequel to this movie? And you could nix the whole idea about, like, you don't know anything about Doctor Sleep, right? Mm-mm. So just that doesn't matter. It's not. It's not even a thing. So would you want to see a sequel or a prequel to this movie? A prequel. So would I. Yeah. So would I. Um, I thought about it pretty extensively. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the, I think they're making one. I think it's called The Overlook. And I was pretty oh, upset okay. when I heard about it. Same thing with The Thing. Um, obviously, there is a lot of history in the hotel. Yeah. Um, how would you, like, what's your, like, just give me a real quick pitch of, like, stuff you would want to see in, in a prequel. I would say, like, see the dad l- losing it and killing his family, but, like, we already, like, kind of see that yeah. with Jack. Like, it would be kind of just, like... A little bit know. more of the same thing. Yeah. I, I want to see, like, um, you know, during the 20s then, you know? Like, what okay. happened there? Okay. So, have you seen Rob Zombie's Halloween? Yeah. So, you know, in that movie... It, it's basically Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, but it goes a little bit before and it shows a lot more of his childhood. Mm-hmm. So I would pose the same type of of thing for a prequel for this movie. Yeah. Where you do see the 20s. So in that movie, Delbert Grady as a young man is just working at the hotel um, and he sees the stuff that is written in the shining that I was talking about that guy that runs the hotel. So you could have somebody who looks like Jack Nicholson Mm -hmm. play that role and like be that maybe that guy kind of like takes him under his wing and that's why he gets the job finally to be the caretaker for the winner or whatever. Yeah. So you do a lot of that stuff in the twenties. You show Dilbert Grady when he was younger. So that way, okay. So that way we get what we were talking about at the beginning where you see a man that you could actually like that's not irritable, that's not a bad person, that, mm-hmm. that loves his family and everything. And then the last half of the movie is just like pretty much the climax of him going crazy. Yeah. They, they talk about how, or he talks about how his daughter tried to get matches and burn the hotel down. Mm-hmm. You see that part. Oh, yeah. And then he kills one of his daughters, and then the wife has to like try and get the other daughter out, but. They all die, and mm-hmm. then he fucking blows his brains out. And then, yeah, just just a whole more backstory the way that uh, Rob Zombie's um, Halloween yeah. did. like, Which the, I love, by the yeah, way. Yeah, because he, he made Michael Myers a little bit more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just get a lot, more, a lot more backstory to it. So I think that would be a fun prequel. Yeah. So you see the 20 stuff, because I think it's like universally known that things in like from 1900 maybe even like the 1890s to like the 1920s they're really creepy oh fuck yeah like the the people's hairdos mm-hmm. and the clothing and like it's just it's super creepy mm-hmm. the music's kind of creepy too um so yeah it would be really fun to do that because i think the date on the picture is what it's like the july 4th ball in 1921 uh but yeah i think that would be a really dope prequel to do i think we kind of covered all the bases i also this is out of nowhere but uh shelly duvall is robert duvall's daughter i didn't know that really Mm -hmm. 
damn, how old was Robert Duvall when in the? I, he's, he's old as fuck. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He just seem, he just doesn't seem that old in Godfather, but he's mm-hmm. already balding. So, yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense. I I didn't know if they were related. I thought maybe like cut, you know, like the Coppolas have a bunch of cousins and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that it was his daughter. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Huh. And she just, uh, yeah. I mean, this movie's 1980, so I guess that makes a lot of sense. Maybe maybe Kubrick's giving her shit because, oh, you think you you get special treatment because your father's <laughs> Robert Duvall? Uh, yeah. I remember um, this is when Charlie Sheen was clean, and he's on Inside the Actor's Studio, and he talks about how, uh, how Oliver Stone treated him on fucking... Uh, not Full Metal Jacket on, on Platoon. Oh yeah, and he was just like, "Oh, what are you, a little pussy from Malibu? Think you get special treatment and blah blah blah." <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's why it's like, "Oh, you think you're Hollywood royalty, huh? Take this." <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I I said I didn't like Platoon. I don't remember that, and I probably blocked it out of my memory because that's a horrible take. I know, but I I I recant that statement because. For some reason, I was thinking of the movie Navy Seals, and that movie's garbage. <laughs> if you could see the look on my face right now, guys, my eyes are closed. Uh, you mistook I don't know why. Platoon for Navy Seals. I don't know why I was thinking that because both <laughs> well, Mar- Charlie uh, Charlie Sheen. Sheen yeah, yeah, okay, but yeah, no, Platoon's sick. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was probably really high. <laughs> Oh, dang. Now, I, I do remember having that conversation now. I remember being upset. Uh, <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's really funny. But that was um, that was fun. Yeah. I had fun doing that one. It was a good one. But yeah, uh, I, think, uh, I think we're good. I think we got this one. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, for Play It Again, man, I'm Steven Valdez. Jason Brunez. And we will see you at the movies. Later.